Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on? Welcome to episode 133. of the podcast. Thanks for joining me again. We are here to conclude the epic saga of me in Cambodia. Um again, this trust me, this is not going to be that climactic. Um but in this episode I do I do um re- give that story, give an update on some big major events going on in Japan, something events major events going on in America, uh and western culture. Uh, we get through the story is it, it ends on like a little bit of a whimper um but um you know you see how all these characters kind of conclude uh and then i open up i give you a little bit of my thought process my history and all this type of shit and finally what did i wrap up with oh yeah let me get into the economic side and everything like that so um this i think definitely a really good episode more low key more chill but um I think I, I'm I'm I opened up I you know I'm trying to open trying to show y'all who I am <laughs> and what I think and I don't know I don't know all this shit whatever just you know watch it enjoy it okay go 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 enjoy Yo everyone, welcome. What's going on? Welcome to episode 133 of the podcast. We are back in this thing. Mm. Now this one's definitely going to be shorter. Uh, you know, I say that every time, almost every time, but this time I got a bunch of stuff to do tomorrow, so I'm just going to try and wrap up this story and give you the is is not as cl- dramatic or climactic as the previous episodes. YouTube people, my apologies, the air conditioner is on, so you're probably going to hear some background noise uh from from this shit just cuz like it's still summertime here, so this shit's on. So I there's no podcast people I can, you know, edit the audio and and do things like that, but um for YouTube people, you just you just got to deal with the background noise. My apologies for that. Uh this goes out to Rod especially um I'm going to talk about the the topic we talked about before but I guess is a um as uh, I'm not going to get into it too much but there are a few things I have to address of course you know um the continuing protests and strife in America um that's going on uh you know I've covered it before on the podcast I'm not going to take too much time on it but I was just going back and forth with a friend of mine on a text a couple of days ago uh, when when the situation broke and you know just um yeah it's just another thing that makes me I was just telling him you know like uh he's not black but um he we're from the same area and I was just like man you know I'm just happy my son's growing up in Japan and I'm happy I'm living here in Japan like that's the only thing I can say you know um these this type of shit I don't I don't know. And 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 if I was thinking about it today too like cuz you know um the situation that happened uh like I don't know. I, I, I was thinking like these types of police shooting type situations and and 
for someone who might disagree with or might not understand, you know, on, on these views and things like that. And, you know, um, I'll, uh, just as far as even, you know, the amount of black on black crime that still goes on, which it seems like black people are starting to address as well. Black people in America are starting to address as well. Um, I was thinking it's like about it today. It's like, you know, if you got your girlfriend or your wife who, can't really cook well, right? <laughs> you know, who doesn't make good food for you, for example, you know, um, which means if we take, I'm not equating the one-on-one, but like, for example, black, black on black crime, like, you know, doesn't do right by you, maybe gives you bad food, for example, when you go to a restaurant, that doesn't justify you getting terrible service and terrible food from a restaurant that is there to serve you and protect you in this case that's kind of the dilemma uh, i feel like black people the best i can equate it to that black people are in yeah at home in our own house we have our own issues but that doesn't justify you know um having to deal with this shit from people and places that are supposed to be there to help protect and serve us the way that they do other people, the same way they do other people. And that's kind of what, what fucking sucks about it, you know, um, and what a lot of people are fed up about. And, you know, I'm sure wherever you're at, you're hearing a lot about it, but that's the only thing I'm going to add to that situation. That's the only thing that's been going through my mind. Um, I've been kind of away from American news, uh, you know, just, just recently, just before a lot of different factors. So, I'm not, again, as I was before, I'm not as tapped in on what's going on. So I'm not the best voice. You know, I'm kind of, I'm literally on the island here. So I honestly, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like even today, like, you know, I, I got the day off. I'm on vacation right now. I took a, f- a few days off. I got some family stuff to do, take care of this weekend. And I was just like, fuck it. It's the end of the month. Let me just take some days off. Um, cause I didn't have a summer vacation, but, um, yeah, I was like, you know, everyone was, my son was, was, he was in kindergarten, but a few other people were in the room, my wife and, and stuff. And I had the TV on and, you know, I was about to turn on the American news and I turned it on for like two seconds and just, you know, watching all the shit going, I just turned it off. I was like, I can't even, you know, I can't even deal with it right now. My wife was like, you, you know, checked if I was okay. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm fine, but I just, you know, I'm just not, yeah, so, so, I don't know, you know, um, my prayers, my love go out to everyone, you know, um, everywhere, but especially people dealing with this situation on the front lines of the situation, but oh, I'm sorry, I just kind of got, got to check out from it right now, um, you know, watching my son, I was, you know, I tell my, my little happy son telling me he loves me, and, you know, he's curling up in bed, and, you know, and shit, like, I feel happy that I can focus on that, you know, and, and that's what I just choose to do right now for better or for worse. I don't know. That's just what I'm doing. So anyway, so, okay, that's that. Um, another thing, another big thing, um, that's going on here in Japan, uh, which goes out to Rod, uh, what, what you, what you sent before, um, the article I'm going to talk about after I finish my story, but just the big news is the, the prime minister of Japan a few hours ago announced his retirement. Prime minister Abe announced his retirement, um, resignation, I should say, 
um, due to health issues. If you don't know, um, Prime Minister Abe, I'll give you a little inside information. You, he's the longest sitting He's the longest sitting prime minister in Japanese history, which ironically, you know, he beat it by, I think, like a few weeks or something like that. The previous record. And I'll tell my wife, like, you know, he has health issues. He went to see a doctor a while ago. I'm pretty sure he just, you know, I'm positive. He just wanted to be the longest sitting prime minister. So he just held out, even though like shit was kind of rough. He was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to, until I break this record, I'm just going to hold out, be prime minister. And then like after he's like, fuck it. I think like by like a week or two weeks or something like that. Um, so he's on his way out. I don't know who's coming in next. I don't even really think, really think it fucking matters. Um, yeah. Uh, so you'll probably see it on your local news. Japan's going to, I mean, the prime minister doesn't really, ha isn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much sway the prime minister actually has in Japan, how much he's a figurehead of, um, the political party, which is the liberal democratic party, which has been in power for like over like 50 years, except for like a short, short term, uh, short time frame, um, about 10 years ago. So I can't really speak too much on Japanese politics. Uh, prime minister Abe, eh, I mean, he was more of a stable force. This, this was his second term as prime minister. Uh, I think when I first came to Japan, like 2005 or something, he was prime minister, but because of the same stomach related issues, he had to re resign and then he came back and he was doing all right. But I mean, for me, it's understandable. Like he is dealing with the Corona situation, dealing with the Olympics, dealing with all this shit, all this stress, dealing press conferences every fucking day for like the past six months, basically. So it's a lot of stress. So, I mean, I can't fault him for, for just calling it quits. Um, so I don't got really anything bad to say about him on that. Um, I will talk about economic stuff a little bit later, but first I want to just hurry up and, and finish up this fucking story. This, this is all the wine I got left, so you can see it's not gonna be <laughs> not gonna be that long. <laughs> mm. And plus, like I said, I got I gotta get to bed because I got I gotta drive a lot <laughs> a lot tomorrow. I gotta hit the road. Uh, go visit some other uh, in laws in other parts of Japan. Uh, no, not really parts of Japan, but just uh, other cities and stuff. So and I'm driving so. All right, so um, let's just get into it. Let's finish up the epic story, Cambodia. Um, part, like I said, part three is not really that climactic. Like part two was was the big chunk, right? So, all right, so here we go. So, I, I this is off the dome. I, I just was not even thinking about this at all. So, so we come back to Japan after part two, you know, we left off, uh, I, I, I had like a mild success, a mild stepping stone in Cambodia. Hold on, let me check, make sure I'm still recording it. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. I had a mild success in, in Cambodia, uh, on the first trip, you know, I was able to, you know, make some hands, shake some hands, make some verbal agreements. You know, uh, Mr. Kawasaki told me, you know, he had my back, um, to my knowledge at the time, things in China were moving forward. There was an office. There was some shit happening. Things like that. So I was like, okay, cool. Kind of moving forward, right? So uh, fast forward. I forgot. I, I think several months later, maybe. I can't remember. Um, Mr. Kawasaki was like, all right. So now it's time to, 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 to make the move to really you know, plant our flag in Cambodia. And so, um, we need to set up an office. 
we need to go to Phnom Penh and set up a, or find an office there, right? And then, you know, someone needs to go there and live in Phnom Penh, live in Cambodia, you know, and this is, he was kind of looking at me, like, because I'm the only one who can speak English, like, live in Cambodia and set up all the, the business and, and make sure everything runs smoothly. Now, uh, that was like, I was like, oh, shit. I mean, I mean for me at the, t at the time, like... I was kind of, I'm not going to lie, I was on the fence about it, you know, um, a lot of things weren't really going too well for me in Japan at the time, I was in, I was, you know, at the beginning of the story, I was really in like a fucked up headspace, so I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, where I was going, and then, like, there's a possibility, like, hey, if I can, like, you know, get paid being the distributor of this, you know, oil, Japanese, amazing new Japanese oil additive. It's not, it wasn't even new at the time. Okay, I found out later. It's not even new. It was on the market. Oh, again, I told you before. It was on the market for a long time. It just didn't get sold a lot. Anyway, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So, um, so uh, yeah, I was like, fuck, well, you know, well, will I be in put on pan? Will my wife want to come with me? Will I just say, fuck it and go live in Cambodia by myself? Like... Will I have to go? Do I spend time back and forth? Like, how will this actually work? You know, um, but I was like, hey, I'm, I'm along for the ride. Let me just, you know, if I'm like the global distributor of this shit, like, you know, maybe set everything up for a little while until it gets going, that can come back to Japan. But if I'm the global distributor making a whole bunch of bank, hey, you know, so um, I was just down for the cause, you know. Mm. I was a lieutenant, you know, beep, beep. so, so, uh, fast forward and then Mr. Kawasaki's like, Hey, Akil, we're going to need an office in Phnom Penh because we're going to plant our flag there. And so we're going back to Phnom Penh. And I'm like, okay, second time back there. Fine. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready at this point. But Mr. Kawasaki threw a loophole in it. He wasn't coming this time. He was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of busy here in Japan. Like, I, he was always busy. He used to have, like, two earpieces in his phone, two phones, doing a bunch of shit. You know, he looked busy, you know. Um, and so I was like, okay, fine. He's busy. I'll hold it down. I'll choose the office space. He gave me kind of a budget, you know. He's like, all right, this is the budget. I'll set it up so you can meet the real estate people and you can go. He finagled and talked and, and, and you know, he basically begged. I don't know how he got him. You know, he, again, he was kind of a, a, that was a strong point. He's like, you know, like you could just go. Um, everything's okay. So he talked Mr. Uh, he talked the IT guy into going with me. So it was me, IT guy, no Mr. Kawasaki, going to choose the head office for the Cambo the Phnom Penh branch, Cambodia branch of this fucking company. So, which is a little odd. I didn't think about it odd as the first time, but you know, something so important, you'd think you want to be there to, you know. But you know, he was like, I'm, "I'm just too busy. I can't do it." I'm like, "All right, fine, fine, fine. You know, I'm the lieutenant. I'll do it. I'll get it done." And and he was like, well, um, an IT guy had, I think, a former employee or some guy he knew, another dude, who wanted to come too, just to see what was going on and, you know, get a feel for whatever. You know, he's kind of an open-minded dude. So he came to, he rolled to, right? 
So um, he, he, I think he paid his own way. He's like, I'll pay my own way. Of course, you know, Mr. Kawasaki paid for IT guy, paid for me, paid for everything. Our hotels are, um, we had a nice hotel. Uh, I think Singapore Airlines, really nice. Um, you, you know, everything's cool. So we're in there. We're, we're, we're you know, bouncing around, doing, doing shit. I don't really remember too much. Just looking at different places. I, I remember me being on the phone with Mr. Kawasaki or texting him or some, some shit. I forgot how I was communicating with him, you know, at the time. Um, eventually I think we found a place like it was pretty big fucking place, you know, um, sending pictures and shit. It was, it was fucking weird. It was crazy. Right. Like what, what was going on? But again, it's Mr. Kawasaki. He's crazy. He's always doing weird shit fine i'm gonna just go with it you know and um me this is again where me and it guy got kind of closer because it was just us two on the trip together without dealing with him and all the, you know of course during the trip we were like yo that was some fucked up shit on the last trip right it's like yeah he's fucking crazy but hey it's his business whatever like we'll just you know let him do his thing you know he's kind of like crazy like a fox or stupid like a fox ha 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 kind of laughing about it you know and kind of stuff so you know we just kind of enjoying the trip um eventually we, we we i think we figured it out we choose a place and you know i just the only thing i remember about this is like i'm sitting basically you know again mr it sorry it guy um, he doesn't really speak English. So the Cambodian people are there. Real estate people are there. I'm there. And Mr. IT guy is there. And we're talking and we're basically like, we like the place. We're going back and forth with Mr. Kawasaki trying to, you know, be like, yo, is this place okay? This is how much it costs. What are we going to do? You know, and we're literally sitting at the table with this guy waiting for him to message us back. Yes or no. And I, I, I believe what happened was for the first time, Mr. Kawasaki had some trouble coming up with the money. And that's when it was like, we, me and IT guy kind of looked at each other because he was, I think Mr. Kawasaki was like, Hey, can we pay half of the money now and half of the deposit now? And then the other half later. And me, and I think is what he said. And, and, uh, and that's, that's where the conflict came. Cause the, um, real estate guy was kind of like, he's a younger dude. Like a lot, the, you know, for a lot of historical reasons, there's a lot of young people in Cambodia. If you don't know why you can kind of Google that. But, um, he's just, I remember him just kind of looking at, looking at us like, are these guys fucking serious? Like what's going on? We don't got, you know, and I'm just trying to explain to him, like, we're not the making the decision on this. We just need, you know, to, uh, just hold it for us. You know, when we go back to Japan, we can get the rest of the money and, or I forgot either get the rest of the money or get the money after you go back to something. But basically he ain't had the money is what it was. He didn't have the fucking money um, to pay. Like, you know, he, and, and that's when, you know, I think the final night or something, Cause we were running around watching different, like I think each day we watched, looked at two or three different locations, and I think we were there maybe three, three days or something, four days, some, some shit like that. I don't really remember, um, but I think the last we came down to like the last day, the last couple of places we were like, okay, this one. But when it was crunch time, like okay, time to open up your wallet, it was like, well, hold on a second, wait a second, can they do it? And you know, it's like. Now ain't the time for that shit. So 
somehow I think I finagled the guy to let basically let us go hold the place because he had other people or he said he did at the time you know you never know um had other people who wanted the place and stuff like that it was in the middle of Phnom Penh again I I kind I can kind of see that happening there was a lot of Japanese businesses flowing in at the time so we were like just hold it for us for like a week or a couple of days until we go back to Japan you know get the final approval and then we'll send you the money give me the fucking uh bank transfer form and we'll get the fuck out of here much love <laughs> peace kind of shit you know so mm. this is the anticlimactic ending of the story so get back to japan and you know now i'm I'm, I'm back at the office and now i'm starting to see like wait a second mm, you know i think i go back to the um the um the office again and Chinese guy looks kind of nervous and for the first time he looks kind of not more than nervous he looks worried you know and that was the first time I saw him like that look on his face where he's because he was always like a smiling happy kind of hey 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 buddy <laughs> kind of guy you know not not like in a sleazy way at all like he's a really he was a really really nice honest guy um you know but entrusting as well you know um anything like immoral or stuff he would get really really upset about i think i told you when the bootleggers were in that um that trade show he got really pissed off he was like i hate that shit like i hate people like that you know and uh, he was really you know um an upstanding dude and that was the first time i saw him worried you know like uh, he was trying to be positive but he looked really worried and which made me worry. My my radar went like, hold on, <laughs> bing, oh, hold on, what's going on? And I talked to him about sales. He's like, yeah, nah, no, no, no. Like, you know, sales aren't really materializing um, the way he thought. But, you know, I'm still trying and I got to figure out what I want to do. And, you know, he kind of, I don't know, he, he, he seemed like, you know, distant, despondent. And so I forgot why I went to that office for and um the other guy remember the, the the train smoking delivery guy he was also kind of like a little bit distant i believe you know it just seemed like a weird a different vibe than it was before right the energy was really quite low and over the, the next few days and weeks i started meeting mr kawasaki and things like that and i forgot i had dinner with him or something like that and at a local place like we used to meet at a lot and basically at one dinner one night he you know when we were playing like that's what it was because um i think he was trying to recruit other people to go to cambodia right and um other people he know other truck drivers he know and stuff like that hey you can do it just go ahead like we got the office i'll pay for everything and i'm like what is going on and you know um i i forgot maybe i asked him like about the deposit or things like that that's what it was like i think that meeting or the next meeting or something like again the timeline's kind of fuzzy in my head i was like so yo what are we gonna do about the deposit like we need to pay this thing like by this time like and he was like yeah i don't really have the money i was like what do you mean you don't have the money <laughs> you know like what, what the fuck are you talking about you don't have the money like 
what have we been doing all this shit for? Like, of course you gotta have the money. In, in my mind, like, of course it, it be. And this is when, like, I re, like I had to step back and be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't say it to his face, but I just had to sit there with a straight face and have this guy basically explain to me. Now, in my mind, the obvious thing, if you're gonna start this business venture and you have a company. Um, my mind, I, I didn't even just, I didn't even think twice. I didn't even think to ask because, again, I was just so happy to have some possibilities, some hope. And also, it's kind of rude to ask, you know, your boss about their finances. You know, when he's like, hey, I got everything. It's going to be fine. I'll pay for everything. In my mind, I'm thinking, of course, you're doing this thing. Of course, you're going to take out like a small business loan. You're going to do something like that to help bankroll this shit, you know, until it gets going. It's going to take, you know, at least like a year or two or something. So you're probably going to need a few hundred thousand dollars, maybe even a million. I don't know, you know, to really uh, in American dollars, like, you know, at least a few hundred thousand dollars to bankroll this shit for like a year or two until hopefully things start rolling. This dude, he's a fucking idiot was dipping into his savings and his company money to pay for everything. So all that, like, don't worry, I got it. All the don't worry about this, I'll pay for this. All that was, he was burning through his savings. He was basically just burning because he thought this oil additive would poof like, like, like fucking lightning become the best thing since fucking sliced toast and all the money would just come flowing. I don't know what the fuck this idiot thought. Like, again, he was just a fucking idiot. Like I said, like when I realized, oh, wow, this guy's a fucking idiot. And then he started getting into sleazy shit. So um, not only did he burn through all his money, but apparently I found it out later, you know, the, 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 the guy, he, he had an apartment, uh, not the apartment, the office where he was borrowing money from him, probably borrowing money from, I think the people in group B, that big group, I think he was trying, trying to, or did, I don't know exactly borrowing money from them. He just started borrowing money from everybody, like on some Ponzi scheme shit, just to try and get, keep this fucking, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know. Like, it was just fucking crazy, right? Like, um, so while I'm finding out all this again, I'm like crushed now. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, the room is spinning, you know, like and I think at that dinner or I, I think, yeah, I think because he t- maybe told me before. Or I, I, I can't remember exactly, but he told me this shit. And then another dinner, like there was another Japanese guy, a tr- 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 driver or some shit like that who he was trying to recruit and send this guy to Cambodia to try to like set up the business. You know, he's like, dude, just go to Phnom Penh. Oh, don't worry. I'll take care of everything. You just live there. I don't know what the fuck this guy's thinking. Like at this point, I think he was just so desperate. So in the hole, he might probably borrow money from loan sharks. Maybe, maybe Yakuza. Like, I don't know like who he, I don't know what he's doing at this point. And, you know, um, he's just, you know, I don't know. He he's just starts wilding out basically. So um another night around this time we have a meeting with, you know, me, him, and IT guy. IT guy lets him have it. <laughs> it was epic, like in Japanese term. He lets him have it when um basically um uh Mr. Kawasaki told him that he doesn't have any money and he might have to go bankrupt, you know. 
because IT guy was the same thing. He could say shit in Japanese that I really couldn't say. That like, yo, you you gave all these fucking people hope. You put all you know the girls from China, the people in Phnom Penh that we met, me, him, like investing all our fucking time and effort in the shit, and then in the end it comes down to you just saying like, fuck it. I just burned through all my cash. Like, who, what? Who does that? You know, and, and it wasn't like it was a business venture that was necessary. It wasn't like it was something that, like, you know, he was pushed into or pressured into. He chose. He Someone from Group B mentioned or introduced him to this oil additive. He thought it was the best thing since fucking sliced toast, and he just ran with it. And it was all his choice. So he just completely fucked his life, fucked his business, fucked his marriage, fucked everything. Just for what? For nothing. And, you know, so IT guy was just like, you're trying to get people to go to fucking Cambodia. Are you fucking serious? I'm giving you the the equivalent of what he's saying, you know, in Japanese. Like, of course, he's not cussing. There's no real cuss words in Japan. So, so, you know, what you're saying could kind of could equate to that, you know, by yelling at not yelling. Well, he kind of raised his voice at him, you know, in a small kind of restaurant. And he's like, are you serious? Like, yo, you need no. How are you going to make up for this? You need to go to fucking Cambodia. I don't care if you need to like work on a fucking ship, shipping ship, do something. You need to do something to make this thing right. How are you going to make it right? How are you going to do this? You know, and the dude's like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something. He's like, no, take responsibility. File for bankruptcy. You don't have any money. You need to file for bankruptcy. Really loud. And the guy's like, okay, okay, just keep it down. He, 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 he. He's like, no, I'm not going to keep it down. You know, he's just letting him have it. Like, <laughs> And you could tell Mr. Kawasaki was all embarrassed. And I'm just like, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm at this point, I'm like kind of checked out. I'm numb. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm fucking happy I didn't give up my job for the, for the <laughs> I'm still happy. I, I could just go back to teaching full time. Like I didn't, you know, and, and, um, but unfortunately the dude from China, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, he, you know, I don't know what happened to that office. I don't know what happened to, um, the shipping guy, um, him and IT guy, they kind of maintained their friendship, um, for their relationship for, I won't call it a friendship, their connection for a while, but, um, yeah, that office got closed down. Uh, Chinese guy went went away somewhere. Never talked to him again. Uh, Mr. Kawasaki, again, like my loyalty to him up at this point, even though I knew he's a fucking idiot, I just wanted to close that chapter. Um, you know, so he's like, Akil, I need your help. Fuck. Like, you know, and at one time, I think when I was like, I'm done, I'm done with this guy. Um, he was like, I need you to come over here. So I went over to his place and he, like, I went, um, he, I forgot, he was all shaded out and he was like, you know, of course the other people from the group B, the people who introduced me, was like, I knew it. I knew this guy was fucking sleazeball. I knew this guy was, um, was, 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 you couldn't trust him, you know, and pissed off. And it's like, I'm sorry. I introduced you to this guy and this is what he does and all this shit. I'm just like, yeah, I know. You know, I'm not tar- throwing any dirt on his name because, you know, that doesn't really do anything for me. So I go to the, uh, remember, um, the two people, they live in the same apartment, the same condo building. So um, Mr. Kawasaki's like, you know, 
Akio, Akio, like looking at behind doors, like, did anyone come in? Like, do you see any cars outside? Like, no? Okay, all right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go to my car, you know, um, because he bought like a secondhand Mercedes or something like that, like oh, several months back. He's like, I need you to go to my car um, and go get this suitcase, you know, which is uh, on the front seat. Now, my street smarts tells me if you're telling me are people outside waiting for you, then maybe they know where your car is. I know about Yakuza loan sharking, okay, you know, and so I'm in my radar is going do 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 fuck no, but you know he's like please Akio please like you know no I'm like okay there's not drugs I know there's not drugs in the car right I know that there's not drugs in the car so I'm uh, you know I'm like okay there's not drugs there's not weapons so it's probably some documents or some money or something like that in this bag that he needs right. And he's too scared to walk outside his fucking apartment because he probably has Yakuza loan sharks waiting for him to beat the shit out of him. So, you know, I'm like, all right. He's like, please, kill, just get it, you know. And uh, the last thing I see is his wife, like, peeks out from behind, you know, Akil. <laughs> That's the last memory I have of her, like, her just looking out. Like, not like, you know, I mean, she's not like scared, like Sopranos, you know, not like, not like mafia movie scared, but just like, you know, oh shit, what the fuck is going on kind of thing. Like, what do I do? She was, again, not the, not the sharpest pencil in the fucking pencil case either, but you know, um, she was nice, right? Um, so, so, um, Long story short, I get this guy's suitcase, right? Um, nothing happened. Of course, I was, like, watching my back the whole time. You know, like, I had circled, circled around the parking. It's like, it was in, like, this big parking garage kind of thing. Like, this Japanese rotating electronic big mechanical parking garage. Uh, which I had to, like, which was the long... I had to, like, push the code. The car comes up, like, so slow. The gate opens. I'm just, like... If if I get thrown in a goddamn Yakuza trunk because of this fucking idiot, I will be so pissed off, right? <laughs> you know, because you know how, like, I can just imagine, like, that's how some fucking movie happens. Like, you know, some dudes with fucking black suits and missing fingers and sunglasses in the middle of the night walk up on me and is like, oh, you're here. Oh, I'll take that from you. And then, like, hey, come with us. And then throw me in the back of a fucking Mercedes. And I, this is what I'm just thinking that will happen because this fucking idiot, you know. But um, thank goodness, again, nothing happened. I give him the suitcase. And then I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that's it. Like, that's all you get from me. You know, you got your one. I, I try to give people one, one time, and then I'm done. I was like, this is your one. You're, you're cut off from me at this point. So, um, you know, he, after that, he tries messaging me and all this shit. And I'm just like, I forgot. Like a few times he messaged me. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Good luck. Shit like that. You know, he messages IT guy a few times. So what ended up? So the question is, what happened to Mr. Kawasaki? Well, how his story ends uh, from last time I heard from IT guy, he heard from him. So pretty much he got a divorce because in Japan, like if you if you do have a lot of debt or people, for example, who have um, large scale business debt. 
uh, is, is different from America. And this is actually one of the things that holds Japan back, in my opinion. So any company or corporation that has a large amount of debt, even if you go bankrupt in America or in the and I'm sure a lot of other countries, if you go bankrupt, the debt disappears, right? The bank has to eat that debt, you know. Um, you loan the money to the corporation, the corporation went bankrupt, the debt disappears. In Japan, that debt falls on the major shareholders or the people who are responsible. Generally speaking, the the president of the company. So if you start a company, if you start a company in Japan, you accrue like a lot of debt. Your company goes bankrupt. That corporate debt becomes your personal debt, right? So you can imagine like. Like right now in Japan, for example, let me check, make sure I'm still recording right now in Japan, for example, um, if you have like, you know, several corporations, several businesses, several industries that are going through real financial problems, those debts will be transferred on to most of the time the founder and CEO of that company and become their personal debt. Now, once that becomes your personal debt, um, you know. If you're married, that also becomes your spouse's debt as well. So if you, for example, let's imagine, you know, you have a company, everything goes south. You're, let's say, a million dollars in debt. Your company's a million dollars in debt. You have no more cash flow. You got to file for bankruptcy. You file for bankruptcy. That million dollars becomes your personal debt. Since you're married, that personal debt is also your wife's personal debt. Not good. If something happens to you. Your wife is a million dollars in the hole. Boom. Automatically. That's not good. So um, what a lot of times and what happens in this situation to sever that, you know, when a company is about to go bankrupt or whatever, the husband and the wife will divorce before or after or whatever so that the wife is basically shielded financially from that debt so the all that that debt goes on to the husband's shoulders if you will he bears that burden and and the wife kind of like can start over or live her life so that's kind of what happened to mr kawasaki he him and his wife got divorced um i believe i believe i can't remember i believe this guy was a piece of work like i don't know the condo that they were living in I believe he used, I want to say, his parents' house as a down payment for it or some shit like that. So, he, yeah, he used his parents' house as collateral for his home loan or some shit like that. So maybe his parents might have lost their house, too. Because, of course, if he's going bankrupt, he can't pay his mortgage anymore. So he might have lost, they might have lost their house. I'm not, I can't confirm that, but I think I heard that from my IT guy. And Mr. Kawasaki ended up as a bus driver somewhere in Osaka somewhere. You know, is what I heard. He just moved to Osaka became like a bus driver or something like that and, and he just got divorced and he just tried to start over there and that's his story you know um all for some necess unnecessary shit and you know i mean he ruined two three four five at least five people's lives or did well, not irreparable damage to everyone's but you know significant damage to, to several lives at that point gave a lot of people hope Made a lot of fucking broken promises. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of fucked up. But but um, for me, you know, again, it, that 
looking in hindsight, that was a positive experience for me because one, it showed me what corporate, what irresponsible business behavior is like here in Japan. Two, um, it was one of not the final straw. I might tell you guys the, the another story that was the final straw <laughs> at some point in the future. Uh, I kind of might not want to do that just because of the people involved. Um, they're not Japanese people, but, but there was another situation that became the final straw, which led for me to decide to kind of do things on my own. Cause I just get, got sick and tired of motherfuckers, you know, that I th <laughs> trying to be the number two for all these crazy motherfuckers. And I was just like, I'll be the crazy number one motherfucker. So, um, you know, but, but, but like I told you, it's, it's not like a, a a sexy climactic story at all it just kind of like faded away and um i mean but but it was like you know i think that was about a, about a year of my life that you know i mean for me too it was a, a little bit embarrassing as well because you know I, i'm like i'm going to cambodia i got people like yo how did the cambodia thing going on what's going on with that and i think like what can you say like it's just, it's just nah it's just fucked up i'm still teaching english you know so that you can see like that kind of led to um an increase in 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 darkness for me so um but but um which, which, uh, yeah i think after that that was when i started to hit my real low point after that after that situation because that was like probably august september 2012 I was just turning 30, you know, um, yeah, um, and, and, you know, when 30 hit me, I, I really, turning a new page in my life, I didn't really want to party anymore, you know, like, uh, I wanted to kind of build a foundation for future, I wanted kids, I wanted to, you know, I wanted some stability, I wanted something in Japan, and, and it was, um, it was hitting me, and I thought that this uh, Mr. Kawasaki situation, this oil additive situation, was my ticket. And it didn't work out, and it, it it put me back to square one. And I was just like, "Fuck, I'm stuck. I'm fucking stuck. I can't go back to America because you know the Lehman collapse had already happened. America's economy was completely fucked. Um, and I'd been in Japan like you know for at this at that point you know uh, eight years, so my resume was, was fucked. I could either try to go back to grad school, which I were, you know, which a lot of people do, um, which people used to do, or some people do at that point, you know, but I didn't want to go that route. So I just was like, fuck, you know? And so I was just like, that I think was, was when I started, I guess maybe started to, you know, I stopped working out. I, yeah. That's when I started losing weight. Um, and, and just, you know, um, was just going down basically uh i was fucking depressed <laughs> i was fucking depressed like shit but but you know um now i'm of the mind that those kind of situations if, if you are I'll, I'll i'll talk to people um i'll, I'll give my my words of wisdom <laughs> pep talk type shit like um but no, if you are in in that type of situation or you do know someone in that situation i would say that you know, if you make it out of that situation, um, for me, you know, I've been, I'd say in those type of crossroads situations a few times in my life. Um, they've thankfully, they've been less and less extreme and less and less lengthy, you know, as I've gotten older, as I've 
learned about myself a bit more and learned that I do have gumption. You know, I do. I'm, I am a natural fighter, I believe, you know, so um, I went through that one time in college. That's the type of situation one time in college. And I had to dig within myself. And basically, I had to say, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay here in the mud? Are you going to die here? You know, um, psychologically speaking, um, not literally die, but I mean, you know, thinking like going down that path of depression, you know, I could imagine where it was going to lead. I might fucking become suicidal. You know, I probably was going to become suicidal, you know, and like, okay, are you going to stay there? Are you going to, do you want to die? You know, do you want to die or do you want to live? What do you want to do? And it's kind of the question I had to ask myself one day. And, um, and, and not just myself, like I'm not, I'll be, you know, um, I, I was in counseling at that time, uh, you know, and things like that. And w- which did help. And I, mean, I took myself out of counseling, you know, after I realized like, okay, I'm strong enough to deal with this by myself. Like I'm good. I can handle it. Um, no, no, I think at the time until I graduated university. Yeah. Long story. I, I was in counseling a bit. And then when I came to Japan, like, you know, I did counseling a bit and I was like, no, I'm fine. I can handle this stuff on my own. Um, but, but yeah, at, at that time I kind of learned that, um, like, you know, in, in those type of situations, I don't know if everyone is, is, is like me or if I don't know, but I just had to look at myself in the mirror and just, I mean, it was hard. It was, it was a fucking hard thing to do, but just say, okay, do you want to live or do you want to die? If you want to fucking live, then you got to just take it one step at a time. Like, okay, I know you can run. You know, I've seen you run before in your life and you can get back there, but just take it one step at a time. Step one, get the fuck out of this room. Go get yourself something to eat. I remember thinking that, like, just do that. And it was fucking gut-wrenching. And it was fucking hard. And I was fucking paranoid. And I was fucking, you know, worried and depressed. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, I dragged myself to the cafeteria. I got myself some food. Like, okay, step two, go do something else. And I forgot what else I did after that. But I just remember making the decision to go get something to eat. <laughs> and that was like the snowball like effect of like okay if you've done that just keep going down so that kind of laid the path for me and and um you know with the mr kawasaki situation as well same thing you know i mean i wasn't that extreme but i was very much down i was very much crying i'm not gonna lie you know i was crying like a little bitch <laughs> like a little bitch <laughs> a few months after, like actually you know it wasn't like when the situation happened it was months after the situation cleared up because it was like august september and like i think around december january you know i kind of it started hitting me like that i really trusted this motherfucker and you know, he kind of took me for a ride and that didn't hurt. That did not feel good at all. I felt fucking stupid. I felt like an idiot and I felt trapped. So, you know, um, um, <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember too. Cause, um, you know, um, I forgot what happened, but I was like, I was talking to my wife and I was like, I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm happy. And she was like, no, you're not. You're not fucking happy. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not fucking happy. I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> I think I said this to myself uh, uh, mentally. And then after that, I started 
taking steps, reading, like, okay, I don't know how to be happy myself. Let me read books. You know, the first book I read was um, Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich. I listened to the audiobooks of that every day for um, months. I started listening to Thinking Grow Rich. I started, and I just started. I was like, okay, yeah, that's what it was. Like, I was like, you know, I don't know the answers. I'm what I thought my well-made plans are not working out. It's just not working out. So let me put my pride to the fucking side and listen to something, somebody who has more experience with this shit than I do. At that point, it was, I forgot why I chose Napoleon Hill's book, but, um, I just chose that chose the audiobook, started absorbing other information like that. And that's how I, I hadn't and started reading and doing other stuff and finding stuff. And, and that helped me. And then, you know, uh, things start happening. My life started changing, moving forward. And, and now ba-ba, I'm back, baby, <laughs> because I'm naturally, I'm not a depressed person. Naturally. I'm like, a, I'm this, you know, type of person. I'm a happy, positive person. We, you know, of course we all have our insecurities. We all have our, you know, negative thoughts and things like that. But I'm, you know, I'm naturally like a positive, happy go lucky type person. So, um, for me, like, you know, getting over those situations where I doubt and fear is just like reminding myself that like, yo, this is not you, you know, and all you need to do is find a way to get yourself back on track and you'll figure it out. And the more experiences I've had, like the more I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm becoming faster at snapping back into it, you know, snapping back into it. So now that process is, it used to take me weeks, you know, maybe even months. Now shit might take a day or a couple of hours or even a couple of minutes, you know, depending on the severity of the situation now. So thank goodness. And hopefully it takes, in the future it takes a couple of seconds and it disappears completely. You know, when I get all this paper. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's the story. That's my, um, hopefully, you know, my psychological advice or whatever for anyone who might need it you know um or anyone who's going through any of those type of situations especially in the times that we're living in right now um you know uh i i just am i mean i'm I'm not the one to try and make this shit sound like it's fucking magic or make it sound like it's fucking easy it's not easy it sounds easy you know but it's not i know it's not but um i do think um making a commitment to do things is very important once you make a commitment to do things that is like a yes or no type thing which road are you going to take are you going to take this one you're going to take that one if you decide to take that one you have no choice but to if you just make the choice and walk down that road eventually you'll get to where you need to go um and i I do believe that so and that's how i try to live my life so um yeah, and like I said, I'm walking down the road I chose, so I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. And that's why I can look back on the the whole Mr. Kawasaki, the whole Cambodia saga with a smile now, um, because it allowed it was one of those times that allowed me that put me in a point of contrast, which allowed me to to really choose my road for the first time in my life, choose the road, you know, but not by chance. A few times, keep things happen in my life, but happen by chance, you know, um, happen by luck. But this is one of the times where it's like, fuck it, 
I'm going this way, goddammit. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm fucking going this way. And I'm not going to stop until either I fucking die or until I get where the fuck I need to go. And so, um, yeah, I'm still just walking. You know, trust me, I've been falling on my face the whole time, but I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting somewhere. So, all right, all right. That, ooh, it's almost midnight. Okay. Like I said, fuck, I said it wouldn't be that goddamn long. I'm always lying to you guys. Ugh, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so what I have, let me just close out this this episode uh, with, with a few things, with one topic, um, <laughs> which is a Japanese economic topic. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, leave, it, it's, it's actually just pretty much a lot of information. Um, one, the, the, what Rod sent, uh, which is, uh, a Quora, another Quora, sorry, my ears itchy, a Quora, um, core article which is uh you know i scan i skim through it. it's a lot of kind of background general information on japanese economics another one is if, if you don't feel like reading uh or i would encourage you to to, to you know click on both of them is a youtube link to that i saw a video i saw several days ago or several weeks ago um that gives just a quick summarized uh cliff note of a bridge version of japan's uh situation uh, economic and political over the past 30 years, social, economic, political, demographic, a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff going on in this country, uh, which you've kind of, if you're a long time listener, you've heard me alluding to, I think these, this, these two pieces of information will give you a better picture of what I'm talking about, uh, combined. If you're thinking about coming to Japan, definitely give them both a, a, a look and a listen, um, a look and a read, if you will. Um, but, um, just just to add my two cents on it, especially the events that's happened today with the prime minister leaving, um, plus um, the global economic, macroeconomic type events going on. Um, where does Japan fall? Where does Japan fall, if you will? Um, for me, I see Japan at pretty much the edge of a pretty slippery slope that it's about to slide down it doesn't want to slide down it but it doesn't also want to slam on the brakes if you will and uh, it doesn't want to change course and japanese that's i'd say one of the big faults of japanese people in japanese society is that like japanese people don't like change and japanese people don't like to go outside of their comfort zone and you know um for the most part japanese people in japanese society doesn't have to you know and it hasn't had to because Japan has been so insulated uh, up to this point. But there are forces beyond the control of the, you know, the Japanese society, Japanese central bank, the Japanese political elite that are swarming around the world. Um, and, you know, in my time in Japan, Japan has dropped from second to third a largest economy in the world. I'm pretty sure it's going to slide further down that scale. I don't know how long it's going to, I don't know how far it'll slide. I don't know how long it'll be, but I think I've told you before, I'm very, very bullish on the Japanese economy just for the resiliency and the, the, what's the word? Sternness, sternness or the Japanese spirit. The Japanese spirit is something that, that is really admirable admirable and um it, you know i i love the way these people just don't give up they just don't um even when sometimes they should 
So sometimes you're really just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should just call it quits right here. But but they don't. And, you know, um, I think after, you know, that's why you've heard me talk about, like, the the dinosaurs um, dying and the roots of, of a second jacket, Japanese economy um, sprouting. At some point in the future, it's going to happen. Um, if you take a look at some of this information, you'll kind of get a feel for, for kind of what I've been talking about and what I've been saying. Um, you know, and, and I just, like I said, I'm not trying to save the system. I'm trying to do anything. I'm just trying to maneuver, you know, in my westernized way, get my piece of the pie and expand on it for myself and for future generations of my family. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, um, that's what I said. Like I see my American dream very much, my opportunity very much lies somewhere in there. I don't really know exactly how, where it does, but you know, I'm trying to like, you know, my, my wife and I, we were having a conversation about stuff like this. And she was like, well, why is this happening? And I was like, I don't know. And I don't really care. You know, um, my my job is not to figure out, like, why this big wave is coming, is crashing down. My job is to ride it. You know, like, why, where it came from, wh- where, you know, the reason for it, what it's thinking is not any of my concern. My job is to figure out where it's going to hit, how it's going to move, ride the motherfucker, you know, and into safety, you know, with y'all on my back is the best I can. It is kind of my philosophy, whatever, you know. Um, and sometimes I talk to like my mother-in-law about this type of shit because she likes economics, too. Um, and you know, she's like, oh my gosh, what about, what about these people? And what about the kids? And what about the homeless people? And what about these people? I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about all that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about all that. I'm like, I just laugh when I'm like, I can hear the cultural difference between us. Like, because in Western culture, there are natural winners and losers in society. It's just natural, you know? So you don't really feel like everyone's entitled to be uh, together in this. We're not in this together. You know, um, you do for you, I'll do for me. And naturally there is going to be a hierarchy of people who win and lose in Japan. Again, the social contract is everyone's the same. Everyone's in it together. And sometimes I hear it when I talk to her, I hear those fundamental differences of, uh, of thinking, come out very much so so i mean not not folding her in any way it's just like how we were raised but also for me i think that's one of the things that's my advantage living here because i'm on the outside and because i think you know in such a individual kind of way individualistic kind of way um that I have no choice but to try and cut through the best way I know how the best way I know how. And maybe, hopefully, I'm in a point in history that where that skill, that way of thinking, and that just you know, chance will, will will serve me quite well. Hopefully. Knock on wood. That's that in my mind, that's how it works. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen though. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um so so I'm just gonna end things there. This epic three part saga. Whoo, we did it fucking great um from the next episode um i got something really really good for you again next episode i'm gonna break down another um really good four-part mini series uh, that on youtube that i've been watching i'm probably gonna either do only one or two parts of it each episode so it's gonna be definitely definitely be a multi-episode type joint 
going down. I'm re- I'm looking forward to it too. Um, I've watched the whole series already. I'll just um, speed through it, take a few notes or a few points. Give just like how I like to do, give my uh, two cents on top of it, and then you can go ahead and watch the um the docu series. You know, in your own free time, if you would like. It's it's, it's a good uh, four parts. It's, it's almost two hours worth of shit. It's really good though. It's really I think it's four or five episodes. I forgot. I saw it like a couple of weeks, a week and a half, two weeks ago. But but I'll I'll go watch it again. But anyway, let me get the fuck out of here because tomorrow's gonna be a busy day for me. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, think you know I opened up, <laughs> but I guess that's what this shit's all about, right? All right, so let me holler at you next time and be good to yourself. Peace.